what will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I am Tom Cavanaugh. And you're listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kelvin. How are things today? They're swimmingly. They're going swimmingly. Swimmingly, yes. Swimmingly. We have had a lot of rain. That's true. <laughs> it is Humi- uh, Central Florida summer kind of, you know, afternoon thunderstorms of biblical proportion that, that blow themselves out in an hour or two. I did. I get passed on the road the other day by an ark, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> two by two. Seven by seven. There it is. <laughs> yes, sir. At, uh, I did see uh, some nice rainbows the other day, so I, I take heart in that. I take heart in the rainbows. You, you know, sometimes it takes the rainstorms to get there, so I like the rainbows now and again. Well, and as we record this, there is a, a hur- actually two storms churning out there on their way, although the last track I looked at looks like it might miss us. Fortunately for us, but it is Florida. Feel bad for some of our other friends along the various portions of the Gulf Coast. It looks like they may not be quite so spared. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, COVID, hurricanes, locusts. murder hornets, yeah. fire tornadoes. Sure. Yeah. All that. All that. Yeah. But this, dear listener, is your little oasis, your little island of serenity amidst the craziness of the world. Welcome to TopCast. That's your NPR voice, it sounds like. (laughs) I'm wearing Birkenstocks. (laughs) All right. Well, this is making me wonder right now, Kelvin, what's in your thermos? (laughs) You always wonder that a a little bit. (laughs) Some days more more than others. Well, today's coffee, as you rightly have hinted, is a spirit-infused, specifically bourbon-infused coffee from Fire Department Coffee in Rockford, Illinois. As I understand it, this coffee company was founded by firefighters and a portion of their profits are donated to charities benefiting firefighters and other first responders. Info on the company and the coffee is in the show notes if you're interested. So I thought this coffee might be appropriate today, Tom, because you, well, you know, alcohol. I taste it. It's really good. <laughs> so this, I'm glad, uh, this bourbon-infused coffee uses some kind of, uh, I think, maybe proprietary process to combine the coffee with the bourbon, which, if you're paying attention, is a little different than the bourbon varietal we talked bourbon. about. Bourbon. Yeah. I think, back in episode 67, which was carrying out a more online every semester strategy, and about which, I don't know if you know this, our colleague and TopCast listener friend Stephen Crawford teased me on Twitter. He pointed out that alcohol is often agricultural-based, coming from grapes and grains and whatnot. But today's coffee is different. It is actually infused with alcohol, with spirits, as it were. Okay. Um, well, as I said, I like it a lot. Um, 
I could I could see putting an actual splash of something in this one, uh, having I, it having it work well. Don't think it would clash. <laughs> huh? You think you could no. do it? Okay. All right. That's no. Good. So thank you and thank oh, you to uh, you know Fire Department Coffee and we, I, I support that cause. Uh, we should yeah. we should do all we can and to appreciate our first responders. Absolutely. So you've said that you enjoy the coffee um, and it is good. It's unique for sure. How's the connection to today's topic? Yeah. How is the connection <laughs> to today's topic? That's <laughs> well, um, not good, huh? I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> following this one. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Maybe, maybe if can you put I, some actual you, spirits in there. That's right. Yes, so please, please. Let me, let me share my broad intent with you. And maybe this, this is a, maybe this is an object lesson unto itself. So um, we are going to talk a little bit about communications without giving everything away completely at this point today. And sometimes there are communications confusion, and sometimes communication confusions uh, that we're dealing with could drive you to drink. Um, <laughs> and our communications really, ideally, should be infused with a clear message and concrete actions. You really, you know, you don't want people to get hung up on that word, little technicality thing. You really want to convey the essence, right? The spirit, the intent um, that motivated you to write or record uh, the message that you're putting out there. So we want message-infused communications, just like we have bourbon-infused coffee. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that as a, as a connection. Um, <laughs> as a connection. <laughs> excellent coffee. Maybe not your best connection. <laughs> <laughs> but there was something there. There was something there. <laughs> there was yeah, something maybe there. if maybe if I was just smarter, Kelvin, I would have seen it. No, no. Oh, you just proved my point, right? You <laughs> you want communications that are infused with message and clarity. You know. Yeah. That's, so maybe that's a good transition to what to what our topic is today. Because um, yeah, communications require a sender and a receiver, right? It is true. Maybe first, a little preamble as a reminder, for as long as this current reality of remote teaching lasts, we are continuing a monthly mini-series of field reports in our first Monday episodes in which we focus upon some aspect of this unique circumstance. And meanwhile, in the third Monday episodes, we will continue with our guest interviews because, after all, life goes on. So you were saying about uh, communications. You want to kind of unpack a little bit of where we're going today? Sure. Um, so uh, we've been struggling uh, here, and I imagine many of you have as well, with um, both communicating internally and externally um, to our internal constituents, whether those be students or faculty or others, um, and externally, which would include parents and policymakers and the media, about what we are doing. So one example is this, this distinction we've tried to make between online instruction mm -hmm. and remote instruction. Mm -hmm. And that's a nuanced difference mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense to us mm -hmm. who live in this world. Mm -hmm. But if you're some parent of a student who now suddenly got moved from their you know, 100 seat face-to-face -face class to some Zoom session, what do you know from online versus remote? As far as it's all on the computer, what difference does it make? It's online, mm -hmm. uh, as far as they're concerned. And trying to communicate 
what we mean by that, these intentionally designed, you know, kind of faculty prepared, uh, rigorous, mostly asynchronous kinds of courses that we call online versus the kind of synchronous um, uh, video facilitated Zoom or whatever your platform of choice kind of remote things. And there's a difference between them, but it's been really hard to communicate that. And that's really just one example mm -hmm. of, of many, mm -hmm. <laughs> many mm -hmm. examples. Um, and, and I know we'll get into some of these, but just sort of off the top of my head, um, in addition to kind of that distinction, what our various modalities are, because mm -hmm. we have different modalities for online learning, mm -hmm. and they all have different expectations and assumptions mm -hmm. about them. Some of them charge the distance learning fee, mm -hmm. some of them do not. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what the history and practice of charging the distance learning fee has been, there are perceptions about what it should be mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. certain COVID environment. Um, those are two big ones that we've been dealing with um, recently. And I don't know if you want to start with, with any of those. Well, maybe I'll just uh, kind of summarize that a little bit, right? That um, sometimes despite your best efforts at clarity of communications and intent, uh, not everybody understands what you're doing uh, and what you're saying. And as a result, they get downright angry, which is maybe a place to start in a moment. And, and so then what do you do? And so I think today we'll, we'll talk about some of those instances um, that have arisen uh, in the last months, especially the last maybe month or so uh, as fall 2020 gets ready to start. But then what do you do about it, right? What's, what's the response? So that's really the setting of today's sixth field report. What happens when our best efforts are under, misunderstood? And in some ways, as I mentioned to you before we hit record, Tom, in some ways, this is a bit of a revisiting of our very first pilot TopCast episode. Um, which was all about our field's general challenges in being understood. Um, so you should check it out, TopCast episode number one. What is online learning? Definitions, boundary objects, and baggage. Find it in your feed. So yeah, how about, I think it's provocative. Let me just say this phrase to you, Tom. Angry letters from parents. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to overstate this. It's not like we've got, you know, it's like that scene from uh, Miracle on 34th Street where they bring in all uh, the yeah. mail. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. But uh, it's not like that, right? Um, no, no. We don't have like giant, you know, piles of mail coming in with angry letters. There's but been there have what? been There's been two or three, four. Been, yeah, just a couple, at least those that have filtered their way to me um, to to address or respond or provide input mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they've fallen, in, interestingly, into a couple of different categories. One is um, angry that uh, more isn't offered face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's one. Mm -hmm. Angry that, um, that we have uh, charged the distance learning fee um, for students that didn't, quote-unquote, choose to be online, mm -hmm. that we made be online. <laughs> um, or, or the converse of that is... Um, why am I still being charged campus-based fees mm -hmm. if now I'm online? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't it be one or the other? Mm -hmm. um, either charge me the online fees or charge me the campus fees, but you're charging me both. And, and I, can, I can speak you know, broadly to why that is, and it's, mm -hmm. it's not easy, and it's not anything that anybody really wants to, to hear. Um, there's just been general confusion when parents look at the, the um, student account 
and the fee schedule that, that they have to pay. Um, and they're starting to see that now as the semester is getting started. And they've got a lot of questions. And I kind of mm -hmm. don't blame them. Mm -hmm. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. And adding to that, um, our, our provost, um, and I think our university, our president and our provost have done a pretty good job. They've done these town halls. Yeah, I've I agree. Literally thousands of people have attended. Yep. People, parents and students and faculty, mm -hmm. and they've answered questions, I think, very transparently, and yep. they've tried to be really honest. Mm -hmm. um, in one of them, our provost did say that, that courses that um, were, were typically going to be delivered either face-to-face -face or blended, that are being moved uh, into a remote environment only for, for the reasons of the pandemic, would not charge the distance learning fee. What was lost in that message is that if we could move something into one of our high quality established distance learning modalities, mm -hmm. we were going to do that as a default. Mm -hmm. And those do charge the distance learning fee. They always have. They have for 11 years charged the distance learning fee. More online every semester, okay. episode right. 67. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> um, so if it's a predominantly online course and it qualifies for the distance learning fee and it meets all the criteria that we've always had for 11 years, we moved them into that. The courses that had to go remote that didn't fit into that or that we didn't have faculty that we could get through a development program, those were not charged. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just didn't understand the difference between those two things. Yeah, for and sure. I, I get it. Um, yeah. And when you look at the numbers, I don't remember if we said this or not, um, maybe, but this Proportions fall, of things, yeah. Yeah, at UCF, about 75% of our course sections are going to be online or remote. About 90%, almost 90% of our student credit hours are going to be online or remote. 44% of our credit hours, last time I looked, little over, are going to be in this remote, no distance learning fee category. So it's mm -hmm. a significant percentage. It's yeah. approaching half of the credit yeah. hours. Yeah. So we're, we're doing our best to not charge students That's anything right. extra we can avoid. But for those students that, I don't know, we have three semester registration. Last November, registered for courses now that yeah. were face-to-face -face, that got moved to uh, a legitimate online that charges a DL fee that are now paying a DL fee. They're, they're writing letters uh, and saying, what up with that? Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you do about that? Yeah, well, I've been writing a lot of emails back. <laughs> uh, I'm usually sorry. Yeah. You're right. Here's a refund. Is that what no, you've been saying? No, we can't say that. But no. but I've actually gotten a couple of thank yous um, mm -hmm. back from from parents mostly that that I've been corresponding with. And again, it's not a lot. It's just a handful that that have been kind of escalated, and um, have taken the time to write very detailed. Okay, I understand your confusion. I'm sorry that that this is not as clear as maybe we had intended. Here is the explanation. And I've also included not just here's what the modalities are, here's the history, but here's what it pays for. Mm -hmm. So I talk about the services that are provided and yeah. how that directly correlates to the quality of the online course yeah. that, that your student is taking. Yeah. It, it's not some sort of money grab on the university's part. It's paying to ensure that your student has an awesome, rigorous, you know, yeah. valuable experience. No, I think that's good. And, uh, you know, we've had some institutional communications that uh, I know you especially have been a part of 
I think we might have talked about another episode that um, uh, the the university marketing departments kind of stood up kind of this message front and center in our website in the the UCF website, not just like our divisional website or our departmental website. Like it says, I'm not a I'm not overly fond of the framing of distance learning, but um, but this whole quality online learning thing that we've been doing this a long time, and here's what we know, and here's all these concrete things. That message of quality putting that front and center. And then I saw a YouTube video this morning that, that you did where you were kind of answering questions for people in four minutes, like, you know, okay, what do we know about this stuff? And, and all, and yeah. trying to get those things out into the, the ether is hopefully helpful. It lands I think the right so. People. Yeah. And yeah, I feel weird sometimes being the, the face of it, which is what marketing has kind of asked me to do sometimes, but that's fine. Whatever I can do to help, if that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've pushed me out in the social media feed a couple of times, answering mm-hmm. questions on the Instagram. TikTok? Have you done TikTok yet? I have not done TikTok, okay. but I've done you Instagram. Get right on them. <laughs> yeah, you'll see me dancing, <laughs> interpretive dance of of what it means to buy. You know, here's what a modality is. Yeah, uh, that I don't hold your breath on that one. Okay. <clears throat> but the one you're talking about is a. It's a. a it allowed us to be a little more detailed um, that the Instagram story wouldn't allow because those, I mean, I had literally 17 seconds to answer every question and yeah. the, you just can't go into any depth. It moved along, yeah. Yeah, so this five-minute one was okay. But those are all legitimately mm-hmm. student questions that were yeah. sent in. They solicited them through social media. And, and the fact that they've been so pro, uh, proactive in trying to get out in front of it, I think has helped. Yeah. It's mitigated some of this confusion and I th- hopefully alleviated concerns that some people have had about uh, the quality of the education that students are going to get at UCF because we we are not new to online learning. That, right. That's a lot of the message. We do it at a, at a high level, at scale. We've got all these awards, all this other stuff. Um, you know, the marketer the marketer's job is to package that mm-hmm. and communicate it. Um, I think you and I are mostly just concerned with, with just doing the good work that we can mm-hmm. do. It's two sides of a coin, though, right? I mean, on the one hand, this uh, 20-plus year, nearly 25-year history is, is a great resource that then, like you said, the marketers can package up and, and can say, well, well, look, you know, here's, here's, here's what's going on um, in response to, say, student uh, or parent concerns. But I think most of the public is expecting that it's more of like, it's all, ah! everybody is, is just sort of, winging it and so we're a bit more oddball in that that's not the response you're assuming we're winging it we're we're not completely we're winging not. it yeah. and it would be easier in some respects if we were like some institutions where it was like ah! because then then you you wouldn't necessarily have a say a distance learning course fee that you're charging everybody would say oh yeah okay it's all it's all good but then there have been other kinds of, thankfully not here, but you and I were talking about before we hit record, there's been other kind of responses uh, from parents and the public, right? I mean, you get full-on class action lawsuits going. That's a that's a whole different level of parent dissatisfaction. Yes, yeah, and we're seeing that at other places. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't want to jinx us <laughs> by saying it's happening elsewhere. Who knows yeah. what's coming, but... Um, where where the tuition is higher than it is in the state of Florida, uh, yeah. I think is where it's mostly happening, where um, people are uh, are questioning, um, you know, is it is the education I'm receiving because I'm still sitting in my parents' basement, 
taking this class on Zoom, but you're expecting me to pay $50,000 a year uh, for the tuition. Um, when the real benefit probably that these very probably traditional 18 to 24 year old mm -hmm. students are getting is the campus experience right. that they're not getting. Right. Um, I, I kind of understand the the questioning of the value proposition of that $50,000 a year tuition bill that they might be contemplating. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, as we've said in, in, in past episodes, uh, it's been something of a, of a minor theme, I think, across the, the five years of, of this podcast, that uh, some of the value proposition, right, that what we aspire to do, I think, in our field, certainly here at UCF, is, is we aspire to break the iron triangle of quality access and affordability, you know, try to try to try to move the needle on all of those points of the triangle, and not not uh, move one and have the other two negatively affected. Uh, so that's that's noble work, and and then try to build flexibility. Uh, what is uh, our colleague Dr. Chuck Jubin says? You know, increase the degrees of freedom. You know, uh, bring more flexibility and convenience um, into the lives of of students who wouldn't necessarily otherwise. Um, uh, be able to benefit from education. And then in the COVID era, it, it's sort of a tertiary benefit of, of like safety and physical distancing and all that. So that's a kind of a different message, as you said, yeah. a different value proposition than some of our um, sibling, distant cousin, institutional family yeah. members out yeah, there. Yeah, well, certainly those schools that maybe didn't, didn't do a lot with online learning before the pandemic struck are, are maybe scrambling or might be more likely to um, have uh, uh, encouraged students to come back because they didn't have good alternatives. I'm mm -hmm. speculating a little. Um, and, and it's dangerous for me to be going where I'm about to go because of the timing. Um, mm -hmm. So we're recording this. Uh, our, our classes start next week. Yep. Uh, this week, major stories have broken at, at UNC, Michigan State, Notre Dame, where uh, they have decided uh, to go fully remote, uh, mm -hmm. it, which was not their plan. And mm -hmm. they're sending everybody home and it's a it's a really a mess. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully that will not be our circumstance here. Um, and I'm, I sympathize with, the, with our colleagues at those schools because yeah. it's tough. You can't control yeah. as well what happens off campus because mm -hmm. we've done everything that can be done on campus, I think. Yep. But when I look at, um, at our plan, 90% mm -hmm. of the credit hours are online. Yep. Um, now, we do have students who are living on campus and they're across yep. the street in the apartments and, and yep. hopefully they behave mm -hmm. <laughs> and do what they're supposed to do. But um, um, I think that the fact that we haven't said it's kind of all or nothing, mm -hmm. but it's, it's online for everything that could possibly be online and that it's face-to-face -face for those things that really need it, um, that's a communication message that I don't know if it has gotten out. Like, I'll go and look at the Chronicle's uh, tracker of what's happening on campus, and UCF is still listed as mostly online. I'm yeah. sorry, mostly face-to-face. -face. Huh. But that's not true. Yeah, so, true last fall, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. In fact, the 75-25% the split was exactly opposite last year. Yep. It's funny, it's completely flipped. Um, so the, the messaging that's getting out through the media, it's really hard to control. I, yeah. I was on the news a lot, uh, two nights ago here in Orlando, um, 
trying to answer questions about our BlendFlex strategy, mm -hmm. which we've talked about before. Yeah. Okay. So I think our news and information team is doing their best mm -hmm. um, to, to try and get the information out as, as best they can. But man, it's hard. And, and even speaking of BlendFlex, our internal audience, like talking to faculty, yeah. That's still a challenge. Yeah. We went, so we'll reveal a little dirty laundry here. We've been trying to figure out which classes are going to use BlendFlex because we've mm -hmm. been in dialogue with our departments and with our faculty and because mm -hmm. we want to make sure we've got the equipment installed and that the faculty have the training they need. And, and it's really supported. faculty choice. It really is faculty choice, right. Yeah, so it, it's been a bit of a, <laughs> a goat robe to try and figure this out a little bit, but I, I think we mostly have our arms around it. But we got a report from the registrar and we saw courses that had BlendFlex referenced in the notes that were fully remote. But that, it's a face-to-face -face teaching strategy. Yep. So, like, some people still weren't getting it. Yep. <laughs> so, I had to talk to all the deans and say, look, this is, this is what it is, and please pass this on to your schedulers and your faculty. Yeah, I think most of our conversation here has really been um, misperceptions, uh, arguably understandable, misperceptions, but misperceptions from parents and the public, right? And uh, you've sort of turned a corner a little bit and kind of internally there can be confusion uh, from our faculty and I'll add uh, from our students, not from the standpoint of students as um, like the public, but students as I need to sign up for a course. What am I, what am I getting? How does this work? Yeah. Um, and, and so faculty and students at that level, there's some confusion. Uh, I think the one that does come to my mind is the one you mentioned about BlendFlex. There were all kinds of, we did the BlendFlex episode, we talked about some of the misconceptions, but we, one of them is what you said. <laughs> oh, that's for, that's for online or remote, right? No, just the opposite. It's, it's yeah. for face-to-face. -face. Or I have to, right? I don't have a choice. No, it's really up to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it, I've, I fielded, like, just the other day, I had a, a call just came into switchboard here, and our receptionist was like, some guy's asking me about BlendFlex, and I'm like, I'll take it. And it was one of our engineering faculty, and he was great, and he just he was just confused. Trying to understand, right? Yeah, and I kind of walked through it, and he's like, okay, that's cool, I understand now, and I'll, I got it. But he, he just didn't, it, it wasn't grokking for him at the beginning of it, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think our approach has been kind of reiterate the message, slow it down, clarify, simplify in all kinds of different ways. I mean, oh my gosh, there's videos and there's websites and there's uh, emails <laughs> and carrier pigeons, I think, smoke signals. Well, I mean, of speaking things. of students, do you want to say a word about the modality video we just did? Because that's an example of us trying to get in front of some of this. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Like back to kind of the student level of like, okay, what am I signing up for? What's the difference between these things? So we are trying to clarify further. Um, uh, we put in the show notes of a past episode, our, some honor students actually put together their own video, which I thought was delightful in its own little kind of Zoom meeting kind of a way about, uh, from a student perspective, what the difference of the modalities are, including BlendFlex, which isn't a modality. But then we finally, because um, it took us a little bit longer, uh, have a professionally produced student voice, student facing, um, what, three to four minute video, I think, uh, that does a really nice job. We'll put it in the show notes of this episode, clarifying, you know, really kind of what's, the, how do you tease this out when there's, what, six or seven different constructs that are all interwoven? And we're trying to further, we're giving feedback on the video and, and like, okay, this is mostly online or this is mostly face-to-face. -face. This, this, as a result of being mostly online, has a DL fee. Mostly face-to-face -face doesn't. And how do you simplify that in, in, in these soundbite kind of 
split-second kind of messages in a way that some of them are get. mostly isolated in particular colleges, which we didn't go into. But, yeah. but for some of them, most students won't Wouldn't ever encounter see. them. That's yeah. right. That's that. That's exactly right. Uh, here's a little plug. We'll do this more later, but um, we just got this email from Topcast listener Jerry Doherty, who asked for uh, an episode that focuses on modality. So maybe we'll take him up on that. Maybe we'll do a deep dive into modalities. But I'll just give you a little, a little teaser. Um, Jerry had some real deep thoughts about modalities based on his past life in military logistics, and so he was using shipping containers as metaphor for course modalities. Um, but I think one takeaway for me for this episode is more modalities means more complexity, and uh, we have to address complexity and simplify it. Uh, that message is certainly relevant to today's uh, episode. Can I throw yeah. one other one on the fire before we get out of here? Yes. Um, so it's really easy to be kind of outward focused to our audience, but I would say as we talk about these kind of communications and, and um, clarifying misunderstandings, a danger is being inconsistent or too rigid ourselves in our terminology and our definitions. So are we being consistent uh, with our terminology? Like you said, hey, this inquiry came in. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because you're like, I know I can clarify this, right? So there's like, Okay, can we depend on everybody to have the same message? That's a question. But then, by because we've done this for nearly 25 years, we can get a little rigid in our thinking. This is the way we do online. This is the way we do blended. And I think it's fair to say during these last five or six months here, we've had to stretch in our thinking a little bit. We, we, we try to figure out what we need to hold on to, but then where do we need to let go a little bit and, and be open-minded? And that's a, that's a tough balance to strike. If you're too rigid or if you're not firm enough, you're inconsistent, both can lead to further misunderstandings and anger. Um, so we need to keep the dialogue going and, and keep it fresh, as you say. <laughs> yeah, well, in a worldwide crisis, uh, I think also um, in that context, you sometimes you kind of set the rules aside, mm -hmm. which is dangerous, right? Because you mm -hmm. have to know what are your non-negotiables, what That's are the right. things that you can't That's compromise right. on, That's and right. then try to compromise on everything else. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's art, not science, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I see that our coffee's about out and our time's about out. You want to take a stab at a bottom line for this episode? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, so no matter how clear and obvious we think we're being in our <laughs> communications with our various stakeholders, internal, external, uh, the truth is we're probably not being clear enough. This is always true, but it is especially the case during the COVID era. I'm, I'm put in mind of our former president, John Hitt, who, when he talked about the five goals for the university, used to say that as soon as he got sick of talking about the five goals, yeah. he was just getting started. Yep. You had to constantly repeat it over and over again. And yep. I'm finding that uh, yep. definitely the case here. Um, and, and when things are going 100 miles an hour like it is during the pandemic, uh, that just makes it even harder. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, we need to wrap up, but can I make one quick plug? Please do. It's, this is perhaps an unusual plug, but as we record this, dear listeners, we are hiring at UCF's Center for Distributed Learning. If you are a regular TopCast listener, there might just be an opportunity for you in these openings. We're looking for the next 
Director of Instructional Design, and we're searching for three full-time new faculty instructional designers. Details on both searches are linked in the show notes for this episode, and uh, you can find all of that if you go to our website at topcast.online.ucf.edu. So check it out. We'd love to have you consider coming and being a part of the family here in sunny Orlando, where it almost never has a hurricane or murder hornets <laughs> or locusts. Or That's right. It's great. It's a great, I'll say this, Kelvin uh, is, is probably not going to say it, but it's a fantastic team. Um, it is, uh, I, I was joking, it's like, you want to come play in the majors, mm. you want to have an impact at scale, um, this is the place to be. Uh, mm -hmm. You can be uh, in a big pond and have a big impact here. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm not exactly objective, but mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I believe it heart, wholeheartedly. Yeah, we'd love to have you. So check it out. Um, I guess that being said, until next time for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya.